you don't want things to bubble up and you end up exploding and taking something out on your partner that they didn't even know you were struggling with or they didn't even right. know was an issue. Right. And now it can become a whole a whole mess. And it might be uncomfortable for you to ask your partner if he's he or she is sexually satisfied. But look, you don't want to find out in a different way. <laughs> I'm sexually satisfied, boo. <laughs> you don't want to find out in a different way, okay? That's all I'm trying to say is you don't want to find out in the streets. And you don't want to find out when he's mad at you. I remember first date, D.C. Couldn't wait to take you out. Couldn't wait to be your spouse. Babe, why you lying? You was fronting all them years. You was running. I was ready and was searching. Since you wasn't ready, thought it was a different person. Nah, you was trying to force it, but you wasn't ready either. We was different creatures navigating school, using alcohol to teach us. I was trying to get my path right. What's up, everybody? Hey, y'all. And welcome to another episode of Love, Love and, and Other, Other Drugs. Drugs. I'm John. And I'm Tanisha. Don't forget to subscribe to us, rate us. We're on SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you find your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter where we are John and Tanisha. That's J-O-N-A-N-D-T-A-N-E-S-H-A. And remember to visit johnandtanisha.com for merch and other updates. We are officially 30 weeks pregnant. <laughs> Yay. Does it feel does it feel 30 weeks? Yeah. I don't know what 30 weeks is supposed to feel like, but uh 30 weeks feels like a long time, but then it's also like oh, we're you can see the finish line. Right. Let so. me pull up my app here. It says that uh the baby is roughly about 16 inches, which is crazy to me. 16 inches? Right. Does it feel like there's 16 inches in there? It does. <laughs> it does. Baby's approximately three pounds. We have approximately 10 weeks to go. Uh, they do some size comparisons on here. They say that the baby is as big as a bunch of broccoli. I don't know how they determine, right. you know, what a bunch... Right. How yeah, big no, the bunch is. We'll have but they also say that our baby is as big as a slinky dog Mm-mm. from Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll have better details on like how big he is when we go to our maternal fetal appointment in two weeks. Where we'll so, do another ultrasound. Yeah, so we're officially at the point where we're no longer going every four weeks, we're going every two weeks. To the doctors starting in two weeks. Our last four week out appointment was a, a day or so ago. Yeah, yesterday. And so things are getting a little bit more serious. We're talking about delivery. We're talking about, you know, what's coming up in the next few weeks. So I'm very glad that we've gotten our baby shower done. And that's not something that we have to worry about as um, 
we go to the doctors every two weeks and that changes to every week. So our doctor was saying that I'm most likely going to be induced at 39 weeks if um, he doesn't come on his own. And he's been breached the whole time. I think I've said that he's been breached at all of our ultrasounds, but it's not going to matter until we get about 36 weeks. Our doctor said so at 36 weeks, we need to know if he's breached or not. And if he is, they're going to schedule a C-section. Yeah. And our last ultrasound was like, I want to say over a month ago. So yeah. he might even he might not even be breached anymore, but we'll find out in two weeks. But right. yeah, either way, our doctor said he doesn't even pay attention to that because ninety some percent of babies are uh, in the correct position by thirty six weeks. So that's when they check to see if we're ready to deliver. Right. So yeah, that's exciting um, that we'll kind of have an idea. This week I do my breast, um, what is that? Breastfeeding class online. And I'm a little excited, but anxious about that. Um, and we've started actually doing stuff for the baby's room. So the baby's room currently only has the baby stuff in it. which if you know, if you've been listening, that's been a process. So it's only his stuff in there. I um, put some wall decals up today and um, my best friend Ashley is coming in two weeks to help us like actually turn it into a nursery. So she's going to help with like finishing everything. So I basically have just organized everything for her. Make sure it's not like starting from zero. Cause like zero is just a a room full of bags with the gifts. And so everything's organized and everything's prepared. We just have to uh, put things in place. So yeah, I'm excited about that. I keep going in there. Last night I was in there when I couldn't sleep and I was just like rocking in the chair and reading him books. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of movement, right? A lot of movement at night. He's up at night. I don't know how I feel about that. Sleep I think. during the day. Like, he's chilling right now. Hopefully that trend doesn't continue when... Right. We got to um, have to talk to him about that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, lots of movement. And, like, not, like, movement, like I was talking about before, where it's, like, little jabs. It's, like, full-on... Backflips, it feels like. <laughs> like he's doing like full on backflips back in there. So, yeah, we're getting there with, we only got less than nine weeks. And that don't seem like a lot of time, boo. That's two months. Yeah, it's going to creep up on us. Yeah. For sure. For sure. But. I keep telling myself a little at a time and it really is a little at a time is really paying off. Like we are killing it as a team in terms of like getting things together, but I expect nothing less. (laughs) Um, We did have our baby shower last weekend. It was awesome. I had the best time. 
Did you have a good time, honey? Yeah, I mean, it was mostly for you, but I had a good time. Yeah. It was so nice. My freaking team did an amazing job. I couldn't have been happier. So it was my best friend, Ashley, Jonelle, my sister, Jonelle flew in my sister, Karina, her daughter, which is my niece, um, diamond. I was about to call her Monica. Um, my niece, diamond, I'm really scattered brained. Uh, just dropping that in passing. Like I feel like my brain's all over the place and I feel like I forget stuff easily. And that has to be that um, pregnancy brain that everybody was talking about. But yeah, because I would never call her Monica, like my niece Diamond. And my mom came in towards the end to help out because she had my grandmother. So the day started. I thought it started like at a decent time. Like I didn't ask them to be there like at a crazy time. I think everybody was supposed to be there like 10 o'clock. Um. I had my makeup done at eight and John was amazing. He went and got the um, cupcakes and he picked up all the flowers from the florist, the centerpieces. And he met us. He met me at the venue and he basically unloaded everything out of the cars. And then my team got there and I had Starbucks for them. Um, just like a pro tip, always do something kind for your team. <laughs> so like they want to help you. Okay. <laughs> Take their Starbucks orders, bring them Starbucks to help. Um, but yeah, so setup up when went really well. Um, and I told everybody to come like makeup and hair done and then just to bring their outfits and get changed at the venue. And everybody was changed and ready to go by the time that the um, shower started. The DJ was amazing. Like he was on it. It was like perfect shower. It was perfect black daytime shower music. Okay. Yeah. And we didn't even have to tell him he was on it. Yeah, shout out, shout out, uh, Big Mike, the hype man. Shout out to Big Mike, us. the hype man. He was super professional, cost efficient, kind, and on his job. Okay, that's more than you can ask for. Be sure to hit him up if you need a DJ for an event. Yes, but not while we're having events because we're going to be using him now. No way. <laughs> But yeah, he was awesome. And so the venue basically let us have full range of whatever we wanted to do. We used Whimsical Wild PA, which is a balloon decorator in the area. She's amazing. She came, set up everything for our backdrop. Um, and she did like balloon decor on our main backdrop. I will be using her often too. Super professional, super on her job. Um, she is a little on the high end in terms of pricing, but honestly it's worth it because she was in and out 
got the balloon set up within, I want to say like 20 minutes in my mind, it was only about 20 minutes. Um, another vendor we used was, uh, cater your rentals on Instagram, cater to your rentals, LLC. She brought in my sister, Karina had, um, rented a throne, a double throne chair, like a throne love seat for us to open our gifts at. And, um, I thought that that was super nice that she gifted that to us and she was professional on time in and out. So like those type of things made the day so much easier, honestly. Um, the most we had to do was haul, all the like centerpiece of stuff and the pictures. And I set up two backdrops, like the base, the bases of backdrops. Um, and we did the favors at the venue cause it was like fresh florals on them. Well, fresh greenery and fresh baked items inside. So we wanted to make sure that that was done the day of. So, Amazing. As always, um, my team was awesome. Ashley and Janelle played host and they were great. They, um, my sister just, she's a host at heart. So it was, it's, that's literally when she signed, that's what she signed up for (laughs) at the baby shower meeting. So, and Ashley, that's out of her comfort zone, but she killed it. And we did, we played some games. We gave, my mom was on top of prizes. So everybody had a thing and everybody executed and came together so perfectly. Diamond is newest. She's the newest to the team, the setup crew for the parties. And she did a great job for it to be her first time. We sent her out to the dollar store last minute when we ran out of stuff and I was like, diamond, please don't get lost. I need you to do, I need you to be back here in a timely manner so we can get this all done. She FaceTimed me in the store and she was like, they don't have (laughs) eight by 10 frames. I said, they don't. She was like, what? I was like, what size frames do they have? She said, they have 10 by eights. I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) We'll take the 10 by eight, sis. It's the same thing. (laughs) So, you know, she's new. That was a new, that was a rookie move, but she delivered. And I said, I'll see you at the first birthday party. So, and I, and she had fun. She had fun, like setting up with us. It wasn't like a high stress environment. It was a lot going on, but it got done. Um, as far as the shower went, I was not expecting that amount of gifts. Were you? No. I mean, I also kind of forgot that we, we, we'd even have to take home a lot of gifts after the shower. I was thinking about all the stuff we had to hold back after we already took it to, for the setup, like the setup and then tear it down. I was thinking about, oh, we got to tear this down now and we're going to have to take all this back. And, and then I saw the gifts and then I'm like, oh, yeah, we have, oh, we have to take all these gifts now, too. And then I remembered that we had to, I, it didn't dawn on me that you at the baby shower, because I I haven't been to a lot of baby showers. I've been to one or two that were co-gender, but I've only been 
I've only been to a couple. It didn't dawn on me the fact that, oh, we have to open all of these gifts right now. Well, you don't have to, but some people like to stay around and see you open gifts. Like but that's that a good a, time. Is that a normal thing? It is. is it? It's a good time to either leave. Like at that time they start opening gifts, you can either leave. Cause oh, we went to Lynette's oh, gotcha. and remember we she yeah, started opening the gifts and we had left um around the time she had started opening the gifts. So it's like okay. that's a good segue to either you can leave, like the party part is over. You can either leave or stay and until your gift is opened. Gotcha. So um I love gifts. I'm very loud about that. I say that all the time. And my people did not disappoint. Okay. I was not expecting this level and the amount of gifts that we received because we had received a lot of gifts via shipment to our house. So I was like, uh, and I was looking at the registry um, and I was like, oh, well, people are waiting kind of to the last minute to get stuff off the registry, but a lot of stuff wasn't coming off the registry. So I guess, and but a lot of the stuff that we got was stuff off of our registry. So I guess people just didn't really mark it off. We got everything and more. And then some stuff that like, like the only stuff we really still need is is probably about I think there's like two things. Yeah, and we can kind of wait on both of them. So we're ready. We're ready, which is so crazy. And I think that's like when it really hit me. Once I went through everything and I was like we have everything we need. Like if he came today, we would be ready. Don't come today though. Stay up in there. Right, stay in there, son. <laughs> But yeah, so that's ex- that was very exciting. The gifts were amazing. Thanks to everybody that came out. Everybody's energy was really nice, like really good energy. And I will say this, this is the first time that I didn't feel guilty. And I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way. But I didn't feel guilty about inviting people up based off of association. And I genuinely had people that have checked on me, checked on us, who, like, have been a huge sense of support. And those were the people that were on the list. And the list was very short. And everybody showed. Like, there was not one chair left open. People flew in. People were very mindful of being um, safe, which I I really appreciated. It was just beyond in terms of like good energy. And I always find myself looking back and thinking like, you know, should I have done this or should I have done that? And I don't feel that in any way. And I feel like that's the perfect way to bring in new life for me. Um, Like just thinking about it as a whole, like amazing energy, such good people to be around. I had, excuse me, two tables of friends and four tables of family. People flew in, people traveled, like it was just beautiful. 
and I couldn't have asked for a better day. Like the vibe was just great. And it made me excited. It made me excited. I felt like very, um, supported and encouraged in terms of like this new journey that we're on to become a mom and to become parents. So yeah, it was amazing. I had a great time. I can't wait to have another party <laughs> like that. What's what's the next party? I don't know. Because once I drop this baby, who knows what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to, I haven't had a gathering. I'm trying to get vaxxed and I'm trying to be around my people. Right. I'm vaxxed now. So I'm out. I told him I was jealous I he was vexed. He was like, I'm fully vexed, boo. I was like, I am jealous. He was like, you're jealous. I'm like, yeah, because like, I'm a liability. <laughs> you know, that's how I'm looking at myself. Like, I'm not safe and I can't keep nobody safe. So the mask is going to be my buddy for the whole summer. You know, I feel weird. Because people are out here without their masks, and I'm the only one still masked up. They so, can also see you're pregnant, so I mean, a yeah, logical mind would safe. Yeah. do the math. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's get into today's episode. Yeah. So today we wanted to talk about um, well, we saw we saw a post that was talking about the difficulties of marriage. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to. You know, continuing with our theme of honesty, transparency, and just being real about what goes into a marriage and everything of that nature, we wanted to uh, speak on speak on a post that we saw and kind of give our reflections on it. But uh, I know you you saw something else online too. Yeah, along those lines about first. Um, difficulties in marriage and just kind of like making sure that you're doing wellness checks and that you're doing preventative maintenance on your marriage and your relationship. I saw something um, by Mrs. Mommy Esquire on Instagram, and it was a reel that said, are you doing preventative maintenance on your marriage? Like you would on your body, like you would on your car. Um, and it And it made me think... You know, I think we have good communication skills, but sometimes we don't just um, open and honestly ask each other certain questions. So we're not going to share our responses to these questions, but I think it's something that you could possibly take into your own relationship and marriage to ask your own spouse um, and just to leave like a very open space to communicate you know, things that you could work on or things that you you feel like you're happy and satisfied with. So the there are five questions. The first one is, are you sexually satisfied? Do you think we are spending enough time together? Is there anything stressing you right now? Are you or we on track to meet our goals for the year? And how can I better serve you in this season? I think those are great questions to ask your partner. We're in July. We're in, what is that, the seventh month of the year? 
just to check in and just make sure that you're, you guys are on the same page. Um, I think that that's very important in terms of, because a lot of times we wait until something happens to say, well, you're not getting, we're not having enough this, or we're not doing this. And it becomes a blow up and it's not a safe space to discuss it at that point. So if you set the stage to ask the questions when it's not already heated, I think it makes for a better outcome. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because you're going to go through difficulties and hurdles regardless. So it helps to try to get ahead of them the best that you can. Mm -hmm. And to kind of know what you're dealing with beforehand. Because you don't want things to bubble up and you end up exploding and taking something out on your partner that they didn't even know you were struggling with or they didn't even know was an issue. Right. And now it can become a whole, a whole mess. And it might be uncomfortable for you to ask your partner if he's, he or she is sexually satisfied, but look, you don't want to find out in a different way. (laughs) I'm sexually satisfied, boo. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to find out in a different way. Okay. That's all I'm trying to say is you don't want to find out in the streets and you don't want to find out when he's mad at you. So I would suggest ask him right after you feed him. <laughs> right after you feed him. <sighs> but the the post the post that we saw talking about the difficulties of marriage was a post on Instagram. The page is Redefine TV, and the gentleman who made the post is Jerry Flowers, and he opened up the post by saying the beauty and difficulty of a marriage is that it exposes every ounce of ugliness within you. And you can have exactly who God wants you to. And that marriage will still expose you. And then he tried to, uh, he went into a few reasons and I'm not going to necessarily read all of them, but he went into a few reasons why relationships and marriages fail. And two, the two that I think we should talk about first that kind of go together are uh, one of them was didn't seek God's endorsement before entry. Mm-hmm. And also another difficulty that he called out was they get into a God constructed institution, but then don't let God run the institution. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, and I, I think that is, that's a major thing that people don't always talk about in terms of putting God first in your relationship, especially your marriage, because marriage is something that, it's a commitment that you're making to God, first and foremost. And it's it was it was set up for us to... Um, for for us to have that for for us to grow closer to God through that experience. So if you're in a marriage and you're not letting God run the marriage, then that's that's the first that's the first mistake. Mm-hmm. And also the the fact of did you can did you consult with God first beforehand? Mm-hmm. Because I mean we talk about 
we talk about you when you know you know right with uh with marriage when it comes to marriage when you when you know you know it's the one but sometimes i mean you might think you know it's the one but it could be a lot of other things it could be lust it could be you know your need for security your your own insecurities that you're trying to mask and that person makes you feel good in the moment so you're like oh it's the one it's the one they could be a really good guy a good woman that you just guy almost got me caught up (laughs) like they they could be they could be a really good guy or a good woman and uh that's fine that they're a good guy or a good woman they might be a good wife or a good husband someday, Uh but they might not be yours. Right. And at the end of the day, I mean, everything happens for a reason. So, you know, they're still, they're still part of your journey for a reason, but they might not actually be the person that you're supposed to spend the rest of your life with. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times we look at everything, but did God say that this was okay? You know, he's got, he's got a, his own, he got his own house. He got his own car. You know, he's got good credit, you know, everything, but is God leading me? Is God telling me that this is my person? And like you said, how can you enter into something that's supposed to be God led and you didn't seek his counsel first? Um, that's why we're big advocates on marriage counseling because it's going to have to be more than just you like each other a lot <laughs> to the, to the point where you're mistaking it as love. It, it it's has to be more than that because there's so, there's too many factors that like a lot, AKA love will go out the window. Right. And that's where God has to come into place. Um, and it, and we talk about it all the time. Like it's really not a joke. And I think you can also ask anybody that's been divorced, you know, when you get down to the nitty gritty of like what really destructed or deconstructed the marriage. Um, and it's one person not being led completely by God or not trusting completely in the fact that this is where I'm supposed to be and doing the work, um, which I think we're going to get into in a little bit. It's, it's a very selfless act to be married. Yeah. You can't, when you really tune into being one, it isn't any more about like what I want to do and forcing the other person to do it with you. It's about what's going to be best for us. And I feel like the only way you can really get that reassurance is being very tuned into what God is talking and telling you to do and leading you. Like it's very difficult to be in a relationship with somebody that's not led by God and is not scared and fearful of God in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's one thing that, I am very confident in with you in our marriage. You, you are constantly studying the word. You're constantly trying to be the best disciple you can be for God. 
And so it's easy for me, and I've said this before, to be submissive because I know that our leadership is not based. I mean, we can go into egos. We're human, but it's not based off of that. Mm -hmm. It's based off of what God tells you is okay and what's not okay. And even our friends notice that. A lot of my friends will say, well, what did John say? Because I can get to talking like the world, okay? <laughs> I'm going to talk, talk like, what's her name? Wendy Williams. And then I got to bring it back, okay? But John is very much so right, very right and wrong based on God, like based off of what God says is right and what's wrong. And so it's easy for me to follow you as a leader in terms of our marriage. Yeah, and like the post said, it's it's a marriage is a God constructed institution. I think we oftentimes lose sight of that because it can get especially in today's society, it can get looked at as just a business transaction. Yes. And that's not what it was intended to be. And even the people who aren't don't necessarily call themselves religious, they take religious vows at their wedding. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're still on some level. I you mean, understand. people have tried to remove vows from like it. When you think about it, people have tried to remove certain things that really you can't like they want to take out for richer or for poorer, you know. Those, it, you can't get past certain things. Yeah, and it's not that you have to necessarily say all of those things. Right, uh, but like it's not real like life. God mandated to say this right, thing before. Right. But in real, like you're saying, in real life, that is what it is. That is right. what a marriage is. It's right. for rich or for poor. It has nothing to do with the business side of it. Right. It's about And so now we have prenups, worse. which to each its own. But we have those things based off of people not taking it serious in the first place and having to set them up as a backup, like people just hopping into marriages because of the time frame of their age or whatever it is, whatever you've hopped in it for. If it's not centered by God, it will not last. It will not stand. Right. And it goes back to, did you seek God's endorsement before you even entered into it? Right. And it, and you really have to, we talked before on the podcast about the work that you have to do before getting into a marriage. And that that's not just your personal growth, like business wise or, and working out at the gym. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so much deeper than that. You have to pray. You have to deepen your relationship with God mm-hmm. during that time period so that when that person comes, you know that they are the person and you're not going off of emotions mm-hmm. like, like lust or your insecurities. And I mean, from the outside looking in, once we started dating, we did, we did move fast technically, mm-hmm. but that was only because not, not only because we were friends first, but, I had I had that confirmation that you were supposed to be my wife. 
without that confirmation, I probably wouldn't have agreed to start dating because if it doesn't end in marriage, now that ruins the chant the the the, the the whole friendship the whole dynamic of our friendship now changes right. which i definitely didn't want to lose especially at the um at the cost of just dating to date right you know so i knew from the first date that marriage was the goal with you and that wasn't the case with everybody that i was dating and you wanted you want it to be the case if you want to get married eventually, but it's not something that you can rush. And it's not something that I wanted to rush at all. I was not in a rush at all. No, and, he was not. Uh, I, I wanted to know for sure, but I I was given I that, had asked him I was on given like three that confirmation. Dates I had asked him on the dates, emphasis on him, on like three dates before he was like, and mind you, he was hanging out at my house all the time. So I was just like, whatever, you're still hanging out with me. All the no time. <laughs> so, uh, but one day I caught him slipping. It was time. God, God put everything, <laughs> God put everything in motion. But yeah. Yeah. Like I knew, I knew you were who God wanted me to be with. So, but it was because I took that time. I took that year before we even started dating, you know, to work on myself, to pray, to meditate, find myself. And so when you came and when the time was right, I knew that that was the turn that I was supposed to take because I was important. so in tune with that. And uh, I knew that that was the next the next step in in my life. Yeah, I do think that that's very important. I know like I was talking to someone um, they had just broken up with somebody that they thought that they were going to marry and be engaged to. And my advice was not to pour yourself back into the streets, not to, you know, turn up and do all this stuff. My advice was to get honed in at your local church Start going to Bible study on Wednesday, Sunday morning, and be on at service on time. Like, really start learning who God is asking you to be as a woman. And I think you'll have more clarity on where you're supposed to be in terms of marriage and a spouse. It's It was... I know I was um, struggling with that. And that's what I, that was my advice, because that's what I did after I had broke up with this guy for the second time, foolishly dating him the second time around. And he had did what he had did the first time around the second time around. And I was just devastated. But I shouldn't have been devastated because he already showed me who he was. So it was my foolishness that got myself into it a second time around. Right. Should have so, waited on me. Patience. It was John. Patient. John was taking too, and John was taking too long. So <laughs> I was getting ready, like I said. You know. Well, that led me to start preparing myself, and so that was my advice. Once I started honing into like a deeper connection with God, and no, are we? Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Um, I I am not perfect by any means. But the only thing that gets me correct is God. Nobody can tell me how or what way to act 
but God. He humbles me all the time. And so that's been, I would say, the biggest thing because it led me to somebody that also has that same type of um, comprehension in terms of God's importance in his life. You know, you want to be on the same page in terms of that spiritually. And I'm not saying that, you know, if, if God isn't your thing, which I'm sure there are people that really aren't, that's not their thing. Try doing it that way. Let me know how it works. (laughs) But for us and our marriage, he's the glue that keeps us together. You know? Yeah, for sure. It, it, it's definitely, and yeah, whether you believe in God or not, you know, the, you almost, to get through marriage, you almost have to have faith in something that is bigger than you and something that is putting things in motion for your, for your good that is outside of, that is outside of yourself. And, uh, one of the, Two of the other difficulties that were called out in this post has to do with um, selfishness, and they say in uh, one of one of the difficulties is selfish people will never be good married people. Mm. And then they they had another uh, another difficulty where they say unwillingness to die to self. Relationships will expose ugliness within you. Don't run from it, defend it, or house it. Kill it, or it will kill what you have. Mm, that's and, deep. Yeah, I think like selfishness is, and and that's where that that's where the the faith in God has to come in. Because if you're just leaning on your own understanding, and you're just leaning on what looking at the marriage as what you can get out of it as your individual ego and your own individual personality, then you're not going to understand the concept of one flesh. Right. Uh, because, and, and you're not going to understand the concept of like any, how in Ephesians where it says, uh, sac- the, where, where it talks about sacrifice, where it says that wives should submit, submit to your husband and where it says husband's are to give up themselves for their wife, like how Christ gave up himself for the church. That is, that is a form of dying to yourself. You can't, you, you have to let go in order to be successful in marriage. You have to let go of the things that, um, the things that only impact you Mm -hmm. as a, as an individual. Like I thought, I thought of this. Uh, we're in we're in playoffs right now uh, in the NBA, so I'll use this analogy. <laughs> I'll use this analogy. The uh, like the idea of one flesh. So if you look at it like one flesh, and I'm the right leg, you're the left leg part of the flesh. If your if your left leg is if, if the left leg is broken. And I think I talked about uh, this a little bit on uh, one of our previous episodes when we were talking about One Flesh. I think it was the one where we were talking about moving as a unit. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
if that if the leg is broken, we can't uh and and I'm the I'm the right leg. I want to go out and play in the next playoff game as the right leg. But if the left leg is broken, we I, I can't look at it as just the right leg. Mm-hmm. We as a whole are one flesh. If I go out if we go out there as one flesh for the next game and your left leg is broken and we haven't dealt with that, we might end up causing more harm to it and it might it it might debilitate the entire relationship because now we are we're we're not thinking about you you have to always put the whole first you you have to always think about the whole we we can't put our we can't put our whole future in jeopardy and uh make it so that that leg can never recover again so when you think about when you think about marriage that's really where you have to where you have to conceptualize it and have to realize that it's no longer it's no longer about you it's about the unit i also think like a lot of our disconnect with people that aren't married is that actual concept of them thinking about it from their own stance and not as one. Um, like even people saying, oh, well, she does whatever he says. Like, have you ever heard people say like, oh, yeah, he runs everything over there or she she runs everything and it's whatever it's, you know, when you're married, you are, you should are, you already comprehend that in a very sound marriage, they're communicating and moving as a unit, as opposed to one person pulling the reins. Yeah. And I mean, not always. Right. And I said in a sound marriage. Yeah. Yeah. It does have to be reciprocated because there are, we talked about in our episode moving as a unit, the fact that it can't be just happy wife, happy life and whatever the wife says. And it also can't be, you just submit to your husband Right. And just do whatever he says. And it, it you can't do it that way either. It right. has to be that level of sacrifice from both sides for it to be healthy. And But where grow. I'm saying the disconnect is people that aren't in that type of union mm-hmm. look at it from he or she is moving. Right. The relationship a certain type of way. Right. Which in our case isn't necessarily true. We communicate on a lot of things, probably things you would think you wouldn't even go over, <laughs> like like little things, you know. Um, and I think it's just because we're still very new to our marriage, like we're still newlyweds, and just getting the confirmation, like, that's okay. That's not okay. I'm comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with that is still something we're learning in 30 years. We're probably not going to be going over certain things. Like we're going to know she's not going to be comfortable with that. You know, he's not going to be cool with that. And I mean, we'll have our own new set of challenges at that point. But like you said, we'll, we'll know. And just the perspective alone of of moving as one as one flesh, you start to change your decision making a little bit 
for instance, we talked about the fact that I just I just got the vaccine. Like the selfish side of me didn't want to get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not that like I'm a I'm a anti-vaxxer or anything, whatever you whatever, whatever we're calling those people. But like I don't get the flu shot. You know, that's just mm-hmm. an, an example. Uh, and I definitely think like everyone over over a certain age and and all of that, people with underlying conditions should get it if you're at risk of dying. But me personally, I wouldn't have necessarily got it if I was just single and just thinking about me. Mm-hmm. But it's not just about me. Uh, when I think about it as one body and as one flesh, you're who you who are now part of my flesh, you are at risk because you're pregnant. <laughs> and we don't we don't know how the virus or the vaccine would impact the baby. Mm-hmm. So I can't I can't just ignore that because of the selfish side of me doesn't want to get the vaccine. And it's not that you made me get the vaccine. Right. It was me recognizing the reality of what is what is the best not for me as the individual but as the the whole yeah and that's funny that you use the vaccine as the example because it's the same thing with like attending stuff right now and us picking and choosing what's going to be safe what's not going to be safe for us like yes Jonathan can now go and come back safely you know as opposed to him going like for instance family members thinking, okay, well, why can't Jonathan come? And then you stay at the house since, you know, you're pregnant and that's not going to be safe for you to be around people. If Jonathan brings something back to the house, that compromises the house. You get what I'm saying? Right. And so that's where it was sometimes like people aren't understanding the one flesh, the unity in terms of that, of like keeping each other safe. So like you getting vaccinated, it now makes it safer for you to go and do things and come back safely to me. Right. So yeah, there's a lot of examples like that where we have to think outside of what we would prefer to do just by ourselves and what we have to do now for each other. And it's going into a deeper level now with the baby too, because um, we've even talked about our upcoming trips once he gets here and they're kind of in the air based off of like what, how, and what it's going to be like when he's here. You think you're just going to strap him on. Right. I think we're flying out in December that might not be an option. It might have to be like closer to March. And so, you know, it's a, it's a similar thing of just like, what's going to be safe for all of us? What's going to be okay. Okay. For all of us. Yeah. It's going to add another level to the one flesh because Mm -hmm. now he's a part of that too. But at the same time, we still can't lose part of lose sight of our individual needs Mm -hmm. in the process. Like I can't, now that we have a baby, I can't put all my energy into the baby to the point where I'm ignoring your needs and mm-hmm. vice versa. You know, right. so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a a balancing act for sure. Right. I mean but we even talked about on God. 
Yeah. We even talked about um, your sister's getting married in October. Mm-hmm. And our baby is due like less than four weeks before the ceremony. And so essentially there's a lot of things that we had to think about. Like, is he going to, he, he's not going to have his shots. Cause I think that's at six weeks. Would we take him with us? Would we not take him with us? Do we separate? Do we go to half the ceremony? Like we're not really the separating type couple. So that's already like, and then we don't know how I'm going to feel at home. We don't know What's what gonna that's going to be done. If we're going to be able to have, some we yeah we we don't know we and because it would probably be different like if it was our second or it third would kid be totally we'd probably different be, we'd probably knowing how everything works after your, after the baby comes yeah. we'd probably be like oh no problem we, right we could definitely go but we're we're thinking about everything knowing that we uh, it's a lot of unknown for us yeah and it would be different if we didn't have a kid coming and if it wasn't like within that same month right. Like if the baby was due in July and the wedding was in October, that's totally different. Right. But it's essentially back to back. And I remember like when we found out we were pregnant, which was at the beginning of the year, I think she had gotten engaged in the summer. I was like, you need to ask your sister when her wedding is (laughs) because I had already knew the like I had already calculated in our mind when we were going to be due. And I was like. We you need to ask your sister when her wedding is because if it's like a year out engagement, which I don't even think it, it I think it's less than a year. Um, I was thinking like it's going to be tight. I was thinking it was going to be like this summer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's going to be tight, and so it wasn't. So it's literally things like that are just like a lot to think about in terms of like moving as one. And sometimes people don't always comprehend or understand the decision-making process to situations. Cause like to somebody that doesn't have that same situation, who's not having their first child, it's an easy decision, a yes or a no. And when you're moving as one on what's going to be best for the whole union Plus now a baby. It's a lot. So we we're trying to navigate the best that we can, especially the fact that everything's unknown, like I said. And, you know, even six weeks, we're not even going to know anything about delivery until another six weeks. This is a whole month and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's a there's a lot of unknowns with with. Marriage and pregnancy. Yeah, with marriage, pregnancy, and the whole the whole birthing process. I mean, we've tried to watch videos on YouTube of uh, people giving giving birth, about to give birth, and yeah. everybody's situation is different. Yes, like, every and, situation and is different. And it's not like they knew that it was going to be different going into it. There's things that change on the fly where this person had to get a C-section because of this thing that we've never even heard of. Right, happened. right. Or like... This person had to, uh, they thought they were laboring for 24 hours and then they get to the hospital and they're two centimeters dilated, right. you know, and it, it's just, it's so many and it's so many unknowns. Yeah. We've even had the uncomfortable conversation of like, 
you know, if I'm out of it and completely unconscious decision-making process for us, Jonathan making the decision-making process for us, you know, and nobody wants to talk about those things like, you know, but if you don't talk about it and something, God forbid something happens and he didn't know, you know, my wishes or we didn't communicate on our wishes together. You don't right. know. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of marriage does come with its difficulties, but the, at the bottom line is there's more, when you do it the right way, there are more joys than there are hardships. Yeah. And that, I mean, people say the same thing about kids, which we can't speak on that yet, but, uh, there's, there's a lot that I mean, people talk about the birthing process being one of the most painful experiences that you can ever experience. Right. But at the same time, you're getting the biggest joy out of it that you can ever experience as well. And I think marriage is similar in that, in that, yeah, it's difficult. It's a lot of work. But that work that you put into it is going to benefit the whole unit in the long run if both people are putting that or putting that work in anything in life that's worth having is going to take a level of sacrifice and commitment and dedication and stepping out of your comfort zone it's just how life works it's it's the reality of everything so i definitely don't want it to seem like we're being negative about it at all it's just we're being real about everything that comes with it, real and honest about all of that. But I I wouldn't change it for the world, you know, through the when a relation when you're able to go through those difficulties and you're able to put God first, in God will help you grow closer to him and therefore have uh you're able to experience more internal peace and internal internal joy through by growing in the way that he's growing you through the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that can't be, that can't be understated at all. No. But did you have anything else to add? Bill? Yeah, it's deep. It's deep. Yeah. For sure. We're going to make it. Yeah. By God's grace. Because we can't. That's the other thing. Like you can't. You can't make it. You literally can't make it on your own. So that's why. You. Need. You need to have faith in something that's bigger than you. Because if you're only leaning on your own. Strength and your own understanding. You'll understand that you can't. You actually can't do it. It's not actually possible for you to get through everything with your own strength and your own knowledge. So you have to you have to have faith in something mm-hmm. that that's beyond your limited comprehension. Right. And that's difficult. That's difficult to do when you've spent your whole life in your ego and you and spend fake your relying on yourself yeah <laughs> i say yeah. fake because you you didn't rely on yourself 
Never. And you you have to come to that comprehension and that understanding of like, it was never you. Right. So then it takes people a while, some time, some maturity, being humbled. I know I had to be humbled in order to comprehend that. Yeah. Be humble or be humbled. That's how the saying goes. But yeah, God first is the the premise. And not just saying it. What we're saying. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people just say it, you know, and they're in these marriages and glory be to God and da, 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 da. And like, but you don't really actually glorify God in your marriage. You know, you're not led by God in your marriage because you wouldn't be out here acting and doing the things that you you do. And that's not just being judgmental. That's just being honest. It's going to show in how you respect your marriage, how you respect your wife. And that's why I was saying a while ago about I, it really shows me the type of person that I married based off of the way that you respect our marriage and the way that you respect me as your wife. Mm -hmm. I mean, against any and all situations. Right. So that's what you need. I know my I'm going to drop this in passing and we're going to be done. But my sister said, and my family jokes with Jonathan about how they don't know how he puts up with me because I'm <laughs> a big personality. And they're like, we don't know how you put up with her, Jonathan. And, and John said, I let her be her. And my one aunt, my aunt star was like, I saw him check her before, though. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you ain't never seen my boo check me. I was like, because my boo does not check me in front of anybody else. And I told my sister that I said, she said, John never has my back when you act when you act up. And I said, John has your back. He's just going to always have mine first. And he checked. I was like, he's going to check me behind closed doors. But he's not going to be disrespectful and check me in front of anybody else. And I said, and that's what you need. That's what you need in your in a spouse, okay? All right, we have to go because our our dog is now whimpering. Yeah. But yeah, until next time. <laughs> Try love and, and not, not other, other drugs. drugs. Try love, not other drugs. Try